So on Thanksgiving Day, let me put this down here. I, like many of you, had the chance to be on a Zoom call with my family. And uh, that was great. There were about a dozen of us from all over, uh, even as far away as Ireland. And as we were sharing and catching up with one another, uh, one of my siblings said that um, he had decided not to be watching the news so much anymore, and so he spends all of his time now watching Hallmark movies. And the reason he watches Hallmark movies? Because they always have a good ending. Just desperate for some good news and a good ending. I was seeing on Zoom, though, there were some others that were cringing over that just because those stories, in one person's words, are so unrealistic. But he's not the only person I know who's doing that. Perhaps you know people that are doing that, too, because there is just this desperate longing for some good news, desperate longing for the good ending to come, right? So many people are so eager for this year to be over, we want the good ending to come. And we have been in the biblical story long enough now, especially the Old Testament, ever since September, that we also have a sense of how desperately God's people, Israel, were also longing for God's good ending to come. In the story that began as far as the covenant story with the people of Israel, with Abraham, God promising, I will be your God, if you will be my people, and the people promising, yes, we will be your people, but they utterly failed at that. But there was still this hope and this desperate longing for that promise to be fulfilled, for that covenant to come to completion. There was this covenant that God made with David, that there would always be a descendant on David's throne, and they took that promise seriously. And even though they failed miserably, in terms of the kings and their willingness to follow God, still they looked forward to that day and hoped for and longed for God's Messiah, the descendant of David, to come. So this is the good news. If you have a chance to roam this sanctuary and maybe with the live stream, you will see the various things that are liturgical art here. Good news is all over the place in the beauty of it and also literally the words good news. And this is the good news, that this ending for which we long, we desperately long, we long for it today, they were longing for it then, has actually come into history right now in the person of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. The Old and New Testament, if you have your Bibles with you, I hope you do, But if you pick up a Bible right now, you will see that it's divided into the 39 books of the Old Testament, 27 books of the New Testament. What's the difference? Why the shift? The shift is that this old covenant, the actual covenant, which they never could really complete, now the good news is that God has arrived in the person of Jesus Christ to fulfill that covenant. Also, all the failure, king after king after king, their inability to really follow God as their king. Now the kingdom has come. The true king has come in Jesus Christ. So their prayer for a good ending, for the son of David to come, for the son of Abraham to come, for God's Messiah to come, for the deliverance that they were longing for from all their enemies, it wasn't waiting until the end of the story. 
It was actually coming into their story right now. And the way Matthew, which is the gospel we're in, we're going to be in all four gospels during Advent, the very first gospel, Matthew, the way Matthew introduces this good news is with a genealogy. Now, this is not Ancestry.com or 23andMe and having this curiosity about our lineage, our heritage, and maybe our genetic disposition. Now, genealogies were really important in the Old Testament as a way of vetting lineage, validating who you were, where you came from. And in Matthew, it's the perfect bridge from the longing that we have for God's perfect ending to the answer that God gives right now in Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray, and we are going to be in Matthew 1, the first 17 verses. Let's pray. By your Holy Spirit, O oh God, we ask that we would hear you speaking to us today through this scripture, through my words, through our listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to the word of God in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. An account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Aram, and Aram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Salathiel, and Salathiel, the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud, and Abiud, the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim, the father of Azor, and Azor, the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. 
and from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. So, all right, there you have it. Son of Abraham, son of David, the Messiah. 14 plus 14 plus 14, the fulfiller of sevens, the completeness of which the people are longing and have been longing from God. Israel's perfect hallmark ending has arrived in Jesus Christ. Here he is. And yet this genealogy is a bit unusual, isn't it? doesn't even seem to be a biological genealogy because it ends with the person of Mary, which is very unusual for women to be in the genealogy at all, very unusual for it to end with Mary, and we know that Mary uh, was actually pregnant not by Joseph, but by the Holy Spirit, which you will read in the next paragraph. So it's not even a biological lineage. It also doesn't seem to be interested in purity, in a pure bloodline, because it keeps pausing to insert the names of women. And these women, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, weren't even Jews. And also, if you dig down a little deeper underneath the stories of what's happening around these women, it is filled with these sordid tales of prostitution and rape, and murder. So this genealogy doesn't seem to be as much about lineage as it is about this underlying confidence in God's covenant love supporting them, undergirding them, no matter what. And a lot of no matter what is alluded to in this genealogy. The faithfulness of God always has their back. The picture that comes to mind for me in this is I live out on Redwood Shores and oftentimes I will see a father, usually it's a father, that is following behind his little toddler who is learning how to balance on a two-wheel pedalless bike, the precursor to learning how to ride a bike. And this father is following behind as this little one is crossing the street and trying to get up on the curb and falls off the curb and the father's right there to catch the bike and to catch the little guy, put him back up straight again, get him going and following him once again. He's weaving and going back and forth but making sure he doesn't fall over. Sometimes his distract, he's distracted and focusing on other things and the father is right there coming up from the rear, making sure that he is okay. This is God with Israel. This is a genealogy of grace. Coming up from behind, through their successes and failures, and yet so much more than that. This is the stunning thing, that this genealogy of grace and this great God is coming also now from the future to be present to them in their current desperation, to fulfill for them what they can never fulfill for themselves. It's a genealogy of grace coming from behind and coming from before. One of the things I've enjoyed reading right before I go to bed is a little bit of Anne Lamott. Instead of watching Hallmark movies, I read a little bit of Anne Lamott. 
And this book is called Aladia Anyway. And when I think of this genealogy of grace and God meeting us in ways that we can never meet ourselves or care for ourselves, I want to read to you this little snippet that she wrote. I had converted to Christianity while drunk at a tiny church, and about a year later, several months sober, I was baptized. My pastor was a tall, brilliant, progressive preacher named James Noel, who looked a lot like Marvin Gaye, which was only part of the reason I kept coming back. I called him the morning of my baptism to tell him that, regrettably, I'd have to cancel the baptism, as I was currently too damaged and foul for words. I promised to call him when I got a bit better. He said to get my butt over to church, that I wasn't going to heal sitting alone on my 10 by, foot, 10 by 12 foot houseboat. He said I didn't have to get it together before I could be included, and in fact, couldn't get it together without experiencing inclusion. So Loretta picked me up and I got baptized. I love that story. God does not wait for us to get better. God doesn't wait for history to get better, or for our politics to get better. The God who's always had our back, the God who has our future, is the same God who has come into the present in Jesus Christ to be our completeness now, in the midst of very incomplete times, in the midst of our holy messes. God comes now to be our salvation in Jesus the Messiah. So this is the way Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, gives us Christmas. Christmas comes in the context of the God who has been, who is to come, and who's present now in the fullness of God's saving power in Jesus the Messiah. And I think this is really helpful for us um, to begin this season with this genealogy because it's not always the way we receive this good news. I think many people celebrate Christmas with no context of what happened before or even what comes after. This last week was fun for our family because I have a, a sister, my oldest sister, who is what we call a dog whisperer. She's wonderful with dogs. She's always had a dog. She's had many rescue dogs. And then in the past year, she's not had a dog. So she's been wondering and waiting and praying and seeing if God had a dog for her. And all of a sudden, we get a text message, and there's this picture of a small border collie asleep on her living room floor. So of course, we're curious, who is this dog? Where did it come from? What's its name? give us all the information, and what she could tell us was that there was a ranch not far from where she lived, and they had several dogs already on that ranch, and then this other dog was just one dog too many, and they wanted to give this dog to a good home. But the truth was, they didn't know where the dog came from, and they didn't really know how old the dog was. They could only guess. So the name of the dog is Don't Know which is fitting, given the history. I think many celebrate Christmas that way. Jesus just showed up and was born in a manger. 
And we don't know anything about the covenant love and the faithfulness of God that preceded his birth. But we do know in Matthew, in this gospel, in the gospel stories, but especially the way he begins with his genealogy, he makes sure we remember and that we know this genealogy of grace so that we can remember the God in whom we all have our beginnings, all of us, who's always had our back, all of us. Covenant love for all people, who is also that good ending for which we all long desperately. And to remember that that God has stepped into the middle of history, saving us now in Jesus the Messiah. And the Gospel of Matthew also lets us know where we encounter Jesus today. Every gospel story, there's four of them, they are very unique in how they tell the story. And Matthew is unique in having these words out of Jesus' mouth. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. They shall see God. We meet Jesus in our weakness, in our humility, as we see in the story of Anne Lamott, as we see in the story of Israel. Also, Matthew is unique in having one of the most quoted passages that we find in Matthew 25, showing us that we meet Jesus when this genealogy of grace is not just God having our backs, but also when we have one another's backs. Jesus said this, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. In this context, Matthew gives us a sense not only of the God who's had our back and steps into history now, but how we meet the living Jesus now. We have a neighbor, all of us have a neighbor, in San Mateo, two Presbyterian churches. You will be hearing from their pastor uh, later on in the service. His name is George Abdallah. And we discovered over the last eight months that they have a food pantry in the Latinos Unidos in Cristo Church that is feeding an enormous amount of people throughout the Bay Area, the most vulnerable ones who are without livelihood in many cases and without food. And as we discovered the amazing work that they were doing, this church, Trinity, had the chance to include them and the COVID team giving as we distributed funds throughout this time period. So $21,000 total has come from the Presbyterian and also from this church because we have been aware of George Abdallah's amazing ministry and the church's amazing ministry to three churches on the East Bay and their own two congregations uh, with such high-risk populations among them. I thought it was interesting how community outreach, the ministry team in this church that helps us with all of our local partner missions, was so excited 
about how we have been able to partner with what's happening there through that food pantry. It was holy ground, just a joy bubbling up out of them. And it is holy ground. It is the way we are encountering, the way God has stepped into our history, our mess right now in Jesus Christ, our completeness. We're longing for a good ending. We are desperately longing for a good ending. The good news is that that good ending for which we long has stepped into the middle of history, not waiting until we get it all together to meet us, heal us, meeting us in the mess, in our political mess, in our COVID mess, in our family mess, perhaps in our marriage mess, in our parenting mess, financial mess, inequality mess, you name the mess. The one who was in the beginning, the one who is there at the end of time, is here now in Jesus Christ to fulfill God's good ending in us and through us now, in the middle of the story, in the middle of history, until he comes again. I was reading in my devotional, actually it was an online devotional, and I liked what this one man wrote. He wrote, God moves toward us and cries out comfort. Oh, comfort my people. The essence of the gospel is that God desires relationship with his creation, so he moves toward them. In fact, Christianity is all about the saving grace of the Lord. He overrules our foolishness and rebellion with his own pardon through the finished work of Christ on the cross. Do we sin? Yes. Is that where God leaves us? No. God moves toward us and cries out, comfort, oh comfort my people. Not only a message to Israel through Isaiah, but also his message to us today. This is our good news that we're celebrating this Advent and always. That our God, who is our beginning and also the one who is at the end, our good ending, has stepped into our now gives us the completeness of that good news ending now in the middle of our mess in Jesus Christ the Messiah. Let's celebrate this amazing news.